I recall Central Park in fall. How you tore your dress, what a mess. I confess, that's not all. Say Ferris, say Ferris, say Ferris Bueller. What? Ferris Bueller. They say he's like on the verge of death or something. Oh, I heard he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows his kid who's going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out of 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Well, a group of us are collecting money to buy Ferris Bueller a new kidney, and they run about 50 G's or so. So if you wouldn't mind helping out... Go piss up a flag. I'm sorry? You should be. What if you need a favor from Ferris Bueller someday? Then where will you be, huh? You heartless wench! If you'd like to help us save Ferris, join us at Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, only from DuelingGenre.com. Oh, he's very popular, Red. The Sportos and Motorheads. Geek sluts, bloods, waste toys, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Dueling Genre Welcome back to Rocky Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I am Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Haynes. And today we're knocking out Minute 17, which begins with Rocky walking away to the sad piano. Finally, the payoff at the end mm, of the last minute. He does walk. <laughs> and it ends with Rocky spinning a combination into a lock in a locker room. All right. So again, he's walking down the street with the sad piano, right. tossing his racquetball. Again, with the ragged ball, always fidgeting, doing something with his hands. Mm-hmm. This was, as a kid, this was iconic um, image to me. Really? Whenever I thought about Rocky, this was one of the first images that popped into my head. Why? The cobblestone street, the iron fence behind him. I have no idea. With the sad piano. I don't know. I don't know. Life was sad. <laughs> <laughs> sad childhood. Um, I don't know. It just, it was always iconic. As a kid, I don't really remember paying attention to the whole Gazzo thing where Gazzo's yelling at him. But I don't know. Whenever I thought about this movie, this was one of the first images. Um, is it like when the Incredible Hulk, when David Banner's walking <laughs> away at the end with similar music? <laughs> I, did, I did watch the Incredible Hulk, so maybe there was a connection there. Uh, the thing about the music is we, we talk about how you know you have your characters, your Rockies, your Adrian, Mickey... Um, that the city of Philadelphia is actually like a character in the movie mm-hmm. um, in terms of the landscapes and where the stuff was filmed. And the music is also like a character in the movie. And when Bill Conti wrote it, it, I watched the interview with him where he said that he wrote the music to what he, what he saw in the script when he read the script. And, you know, he, he acknowledged Rocky has ups and downs and he tried to make it so that the music fit those ups and downs. Like this is obviously a down point for Rocky. He's walking away, so he plays the, the slow, dragon music. And like Bill Conti said, he tried to mix in as much of that depressing, sad music to get you to feel depressed and feel bad for Rocky. Like you're watching, you're like, oh, like, you know, he got, he had, uh, you know, the fight. He went to hit on Adrian that, you know, didn't go as great. Um, then he got yelled at by his boss. Like he's having a bad day now. So he's walking away and you're playing the sad music to accompany that. To give, give you the feeling you're watching it and you're just like, oh. You definitely get a, all throughout, like like you're saying, like a sympathetic feeling for Rocky. Right. 
like everything he does reminds me of something that a child would do even that that when he's knocking on the glass getting a doggy's attention right at the yeah. pet shop and that face he makes before he walks in is like childlike right you know? and playing with this racquetball which he does all the time is like it's, it's like the 1976 fidget spinner like it's just <laughs> just he's just like a child yeah but is this playing with this racquetball is this like a stress reliever is this to get his mind off of things is just just like a like a quirk that he has is just like an attention deficit kind of thing like what like what is the purpose with this constant racquetball tossing he's always doing something with his hands i don't know if it's a nervous thing or if it's just does it help a tick i don't know know. maybe like you know how people squeeze those stress balls yeah you know to relax or they roll those those silver balls in their hand (laughs) (laughs) oh maybe it's something maybe it is like a I don't know, because when when he's not, if he's walking, not bouncing a racquetball, he's throwing air punches. Right. You know, so he's always he's always fidgeting, always doing something with his hands. So maybe he has some ADD in him, and he's yeah, maybe that's how he releases it or deals with it or whatever. Well, we cut to a guy coming out of a, a building carrying a trash can and broom, and you see Rocky coming up the street in the background again, throwing the air punch. He's not playing with the ball; he's throwing the air punches. Yep. Flicking the collar in his coat. He is very fidgety. Oh, the, you know, I, I actually um found something on that. I don't know if it's this minute or next, but Sylvester Stallone took those cues from a fighter that he, that he knew. I don't know if he knew or, or knew about. Well, when I find it in my notes, I'll, I'll get to it. But okay. um, it was a guy that actually did that. He was always, like, fixing the collar on his on his shirt and his coat and always kind of fidgety like that. So this is Mike. He's uh, He works at Mickey's gym. Uh, he greets Rocky. Obviously knows who Rocky is. Um, says, I heard you do real good last night. Rocky with his catchphrase, absolutely, you should have seen me. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand this next part. He says, don't you think you ought to take a rest? And back he says, my back is hurt. And so that would be, when he said, don't you think you ought to take a rest? Rocky was kind of like, you think he would be like, no, nah, I don't need a rest. I'm fine. Yeah. But then he kind of affirms that maybe he does need to take a rest. His back was hurting him. <laughs> weird, yeah, that is a weird exchange. Uh, but uh, Mike says, you're back. And Rocky goes, my back is hurt. What are you, deaf? (laughs) (laughs) Again, with the comebacks. Uh, But did you hear what Mike says after that? No, I'm short. No, I'm short. (laughs) Rocky goes into the the building, but a little little, uh, tidbit about Mike. Hmm. A few tidbits. His name's Jimmy Gambino, the actor. He was the fight choreographer for the Mm -hmm. film. Uh, He was born and raised around boxing. His father was a manager with over 200 fighters. He wanted to fight, but he was too short. It was age 13. He was uh, told he had a congenital bone disease that would cause deterioration of his hips and that he would be paralyzed by age 18. Um, but they were wrong about that. What it did do was uh, it caused him to only grow to be about five feet tall. He was hired to train mm-hmm. Stallone and started training five months prior to filming. So he was the guy that, that trained um, Sylvester Stallone to box. This led to his career as a fight coordinator. So he's done... Um, fight choreography in, in other movies. He was a technical consultant for Saturday Night Fever. I never saw that movie. Is there fighting? I, I thought it was dancing. <laughs> does, does he dance? Maybe we should have seen. Dance choreographer? <laughs> in Snake Eyes, he was a boxing choreographer. A movie called Knockout, fight choreographer. Black Cloud, boxing coordinator and technical advisor. Locker 13, technical consultant. And in Raging Bull, he worked with Robert De Niro with his uh, fighting. He was also in... I saw something called The Champ with a famous actor. That sounds like a boxing movie. He was acting in it? I don't know, it's in these, these other movies, I, I said he wasn't acting. He was just a boxing, technical you know. advisor guy. 
I, when I was reading, he, he, I saw that he had his first amateur fight when he was eight years old. Yeah, I read that yeah. too. That's a little that young. Too. Yeah, that, that is young. <laughs> that is young. But the funny, the other thing, when I was doing some research, on him, did you go to his website? He's got a website. It was either JimmyGambino.com or something. Didn't he he like, leaves his phone number on it. The front page of his website has his phone number. Well, it has a phone number. I don't know if it's his or not. It has a phone number, and it basically says, like, if you'd like to talk, call me. <laughs> I think we should call him at some point. <laughs> Maybe he'll come on the show. Maybe he will. Stay tuned if you want to know if Jimmy Gambino comes on the show or not. <laughs> But he just leaves his phone number there. Like, is he lonely? Why would he leave his? Phone? Is that his real phone number? We're gonna have to call. Oh. He uh, he lives like on a ranch in California or something, doesn't he? Can we get him on the show? <laughs> I don't know. Let's call his phone number. I'm gonna call it Monday. Um, Not, I don't know. What, never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna call him the next Monday. But it's a, it's an interesting um, career to lead from. You know, your boxing to become a boxing choreographer. I guess you have to know a lot about boxing. Yeah, and possibly a dancing choreographer. We don't really know what happened. Yeah, Somebody uh, email us or check in on our listeners group, Mighty Mix, and uh, let us know. Nice way to sneak that in. Yeah, you like that a little promotion? Oh. Uh, in the script, after Gazzo drives off, there's a little. It plays out a little bit differently. It says Gazzo drives off and Rocky strolls across the street to Gold Mills Gym. On the way, he passes several several familiar people and exchanges waves. Out front is a young Irishman who runs a soft pretzel stand. His name is Rudy. It is apparent from his face he was a prize fighter. He is blind and mentally defective. So Rudy... So th- there's three lines here, and they're all credited to Rudy. So Rudy says, see the fight last night? And then Rudy says, nah, I was fighting myself. And then Rudy says, Apollo Creed beat the bum to pieces. What the hell? How would Th- is that his mentally defective? He's just having a conversation with himself? But how would he see the fight? He said he was blind. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, that, that obviously, that second line should have been Rocky. You see the fight last night and Rocky would have responded, no, I was oh, fighting myself. Oh, oh. Probably a misprinted. Oh, okay. Thing. Oh, not I was fighting myself? <laughs> like, I was fighting <laughs> like, my, my he demons. Was, he was, <laughs> like, he wasn't fighting, like, Rudy wasn't fighting himself at home. Um, but... <laughs> But yet Rocky, Rocky was would, fighting. Oh, okay. Nah, I was fighting myself. Like, I too was fighting. Yeah, yeah. In my own fight. Well, there's another... Um, when we first meet Mickey in the script, there's another allusion to the... Allusion? To the uh, Apollo Creed fight. Creed must have fought the night before this. Because everybody's talking about it. Did you? I picked up on, though, a little bit when, when Mikey's talking, Rocky's going in, and Mikey's asking, like, don't you think you take a rest? And Rocky talks about the back or whatever. It seems as almost Mikey's trying to stop Rocky from going to the gym. Because mm-hmm. oh, Mike knows what's about to yeah, happen, yeah. and he knows how it's going to go down. He knows it's going to be a problem. So it seems like he's, when he's trying to like, yeah, don't, you know, when you take a rest, like trying to like, hey, you know, what? how about you don't fight going today? How about you, uh, you know, go do something else, take a rest, and then maybe come back tomorrow or something? Like, I, I just got a feeling, that maybe I'm wrong, you know, I'm not, but I, I got a feeling that he was um, trying to stop him from going inside the gym. I could definitely see that. That's a good point. What happens? I don't know. We'll have to uh, see. <laughs> we'll have to see. All right, back to the script. So it goes to the interior of Mickey's gym. It's surrounded by bars and a couple of gravy, sp- gravy spoons, greasy spoons. Out front, a crowd of young black, of young blacks talk and jive among themselves. <laughs> Two winos lean against the entrance. Rocky enters the gym. The place is nearly full. The measured beat of skip ropes and throbbing speed bags makes the room come alive like it was a mindless piece of machinery. Over the loudspeaker, music by the Isley Brothers blares out. The music adds a background to the clang of the automatic timers, snorting, sparring partners, and the thudding of heavy bags. 
The room is divided, 50% black, 35% Latin, 10% white, 5% other. As Rocky walks through the gym, many of the fighters pause to wave and yell greetings. I, I understand the 70s were a different time, but <laughs> they make a lot of race references, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. why. Why the specific, you know, 50% black, 35% Latin, 10% white, 5% other? This is pretty specific. I know. Specific. There is, I, know, I have no idea. I know the seventies was a was a rough time for a race in America, but yeah. I, I think when he when and when they translated to the movie, I don't know if those figures st- stuck. It looks pretty, you know, evenly divided almost between black fighters, white fighters. I don't see any obvious Hispanic fighters in there. But I don't know what the maybe they just I don't know. This is odd the way Maybe they were trying to show you boxings for everybody. All races can, can box. <laughs> I don't know. It's just odd the way it's written. Out front, a crowd of young blacks talking jive amongst themselves. Like, what? but none of that made the movie. The, there's nobody out front no, except for Mike. Yeah. And and when he go when Rocky walks through the gym, they obviously change. No one says hello to him. No one even right. looks at him. It's he's kind of like it's like he's not even there. Like no one even even bats an eye that Rocky has entered the gym. They're just doing what they're doing. One fighter says to Rocky, "I hear you knocked out Spider Rice. I guess his name was Spider Rice in the uh, script, but I hear you knocked out Spider Rice in the sixth. And Rocky says, "The third, you should have seen it. Again, you should have seen it." Rocky passes another fighter, punching a heavy bag. Hey, Rock, touch my hand. How come? And the fighter says, "Come on, it's important." Rocky touches the fighter's bare hand. Can you tell I just whacked off? That's in the script. Yeah. See, none of that is in the movie. No, none in of it. The movie. You know, none of that happened. Well, why would he? That's bizarre. <laughs> I know. Well, the could uh, that be like it is an old boxing gym joke? That, you know, get each other. Ah, that's weird. There's another weird uh, thing in the locker room that that we'll talk about when we get there. But it's very uh, homoerotic. <laughs> maybe, maybe because just that's just the nature of boxing. Who knows? I think I got to the bottom of that. We'll get there in a second. But. <laughs> Well, one thing this is, but this is this is what I would picture a boxing gym to look like. Just everybody's training. Nobody's, you know, there's no around. Everybody's just out there fighting. Black fighters, the white fighters, the whatever. They're just all doing their own thing. Um, one thing I noticed though is like all the coaches or trainers are all dressed up in a suit, Flash. in a cardigan. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, this guy's got a sports coat on. It's gonna pop out from behind here. Is there something a boxing trainers have to be all dressed up when they're training? Like you're all and you're in this sweaty gym and the trainers are moving. Like a lot of them are you know, I'm I'm doing moving boxing motion right now, like anybody can see me. <laughs> but like they're all moving around like and why are you wearing a cardigan and and a and a, and a suit? One guy's in a full mm-hmm. suit. Did you uh find out stuff about the gym? I did. The interior I did find out some stuff about the gym. The interior gym scenes were filmed at what was called the Main Street Gym in downtown Los Angeles. There were there was a lot of gyms in Los Angeles, boxing gyms in the seventies, but this was like this had like you know the reputation. The premier, um, uh, Muhammad Ali, Rocky Marciano, Floyd pa- Patterson, Jack Dempsey, Joe Frazier, they all Sugar Ray Robinson, they all trained at this gym at some point in their career. And, and the one thing I noticed was that they used to have a sign that hung outside the uh, the Main Street Gym that said "World Rated Boxers Train Here Daily." And if you look in this minute, when it goes into Mickey's gym, outside the gym, there's a sign that says, come see future champs, or come see future champions. So that, that might have been uh, something they put out there, like right here. Well, we can't get to it mm-hmm. yet, but it says, come see future champions. So that might be like an homage to right here, come see future champs. Yeah, yeah. Like an homage to the gym, you know, that a lot of those guys trained there before they were champs, and it could have been like a little respect thing to them. But the one thing I noticed, uh, one thing I read about this gym that was really, really bizarre there was a guy, the manager of it was a guy named uh, Howie Steindler. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, he was kind of the guy who they modeled Mickey after. Yes. Just a crusty old boxing guy, just never in a good mood, mm-hmm. salty, just angry boxing thing. But did you read on about he was actually killed? He was beat to death outside of his <laughs> home. That's kind of... <laughs> it was never solved. It was never solved. Uh, there were a lot of um, speculation about that. He, he, he'd always wanted to train a, a world champion. And he was like on his way to do that or whatever. That it was kind of like a contract hit. Like the boxing world didn't want him to oh, to achieve that. that. So it was like a contracted hit. Uh, there was things that was just a basic robbery. But um, they said that the gym was in a very bad neighborhood. And, you know, it made one thing that they had a billy club hanging on the wall in case you know, <laughs> things got out of hand. And they had to go outside and beat people up. But uh, in, in a place full of boxers. In a place you full need, of boxers. You need weapons. Right, right, right. But you need a... Uh, you know, so anyway, Steinler was killed. He he was he went home to his street in Encino, California, and was jumped by unidentified assailants, who beat him, robbed him, and threw him on the backseat of his car, and then parked the car. They didn't take the car; they parked it on a Ventura freeway. Nineteen seventy-seven. Right, a year after the movie was made. Maybe it had something to do with the movie. Well, the Main Street um, gym opened in nineteen thirty-three, and it burned down one night as the night watchman slept. <laughs> So after the hmm. fire, they, they moved the gym across the street on the second floor above the Adolphus Theater. I wonder if that Night Watchman was fired after that. Probably, probably. But like you said, the gym um, was very well known. It appeared in an episode of the Rockford Files in the 70s. Apparently it looked exactly the same then as, as it does in Rocky, which makes sense. It was filmed around the same time. It was demolished in 1984 and made into a parking lot. Um, Rocky goes back to the gym in, in Rocky Five. That scene where he's just standing there watching a conversation between himself and Mickey. Uh, that was just a movie set. Sad. The, I also, there was a sign on the wall that said, uh, please do not bring children under eight years old to the gym. We do not want anyone smarter than us in here. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah. But in case you wanted to take a trip to this gym, it, it, it was torn down and is now a parking lot. It's yeah, there, there's nothing, nothing left. See, you can't even uh, nothing left. You think no. they say it was it was such a, you know, a, a popular boxing, like legendary, uh, you know, gym that you think they would have left it up and yeah, made it into something a museum yeah, like, of some sort. Right. I don't know museum of boxing. All the the boxing famous guys that came through there. Did you mentioned Rocky Marciano, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. Maybe it was in a bad neighborhood or something. Yeah, I did read that. It's not a nice neighborhood. So, so go visit at your own risk. Go visit <laughs> the, the parking, parking lot. lot. So the uh, the gym is full of fighters as Rocky walks through the locker room. There's shadow boxers, guys sparring in the ring, guys working out with their trainers, jumping rope, heavy bag. All, all of the boxing <laughs> things are going on in the gym. All yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they really uh, played into the, into the scene. So Rocky goes into the locker room. It's like an old digi um, locker room. Fire extinguishers hanging on the wall. Scale in the background. You think the fire extinguishers are precaution since the fire <laughs> burned down the chip? I don't know. Uh, and then there's a sign. What does that sign say? It says no kissing. Hmm. What do you what, what did you find on well, that? Did you find anything? I did. I did. I you know I I don't know what this is all. Maybe they don't want fighters kissing each other. <laughs> but I, I did look up something where they said that um the no kissing sign was possibly mickey in a later episode he says this famous quote women weaken legs uh-huh. uh he he never liked rocky's relationship with adrian he called you know what her she was a distraction to him mickey always made a point that women distracted a boxer from boxing that women ruined things for them that he wanted them to focus on boxing and boxing's it and when the woman comes involved they get you know they 
start having sex, you get tired, you're weak, you can't, you, you get your mind, and, and it's can't true, focus. women do, you know, occupy your mind, and you're not focused on boxing or whatever, so they believe that the no kissing was, was a reminder in the gym to tell the guys, no, you know, stay away from the women, no kissing, no, none of that, <laughs> and, uh, and concentrate on fighting, which I hope it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, you know? because usually when, when a sign goes up, there's a reason why that sign was, <laughs> was put up. <laughs> So I, were guys kissing? So he had to. I don't think that after like a round, a couple of rounds of sparring or training or big fighting, that there was the guys were going to the locker room, <laughs> yeah, making out after. All right, I like so your explanation I, better. I, that's... Yeah, I'm sure that's what it's all about. All right, so Rocky goes goes over to the locker and starts spinning the dial on a combination lock, which should clearly open in the next episode, right? Because mm-hmm. this is where that's we awesome. end. That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, again, with Rocky jab, and I said that. Well, never mind. I already said it, so I'm not going to say it again. But this is where in the, my notes where I found it. It was in the commentary where Stallone uh, said that he chan- he channeled a fighter at the time who was always twitchy and jamming and fixing his collar. All right, so I said it anyway. That's all I had, Jay. Yeah, no, that's it. So what does Rocky find in his locker? Tune in next time on the next Rocky Minute.